Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be reviewing a bunch of comics for you in the middle of the comics apocalypse. Uh, as I think we should mention this probably up front, that comics are going on a little bit of a pause, or at least most comics are going on a pause starting April 1st. Don't worry, we are going to keep doing the Stack podcast no matter what. But this is going to be maybe the last week for a little while that new comics are coming out in droves, and we got a big old stack of reviews for you. Kicking it off with Valiant Comics, Exo Man Award number one. Well, and maybe we Dennis should say Ho- before we get into it, oh, like yeah. if you guys if you guys have anything you want us to cover in a future non-new comics mm, based mm-hmm. stack next episode, hit us up on Twitter or in the comments and we will um, add a, a, a series, an arc, a trade, anything from all of comics history and talk about it. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen uh, Justin's character welcome stuff, but like uh, he will act out or uh, recap any of your favorite, uh, you know, runs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. This is actually uh, Pete and I are going to take the next couple of weeks off, and Justin's just going to yep. do some characters. Yep. Uh, uh, Superman number seventy-five. <laughs> so again, Exo No Man Award number one from Valiant, written by Dennis Hopeless Hallam and art by Emilio Leso. Uh, this is, of course, as you can guess from the title, rebooting Exo Man Award, the uh, Visigoth in the armor for a new title. In this one, he is back on Earth. He's hanging out in a neighborhood with people playing basketball, trying to fit in classic crocodile Dundee situation. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a classic croc. <laughs> that's what they that's what they shorthand they use in all of entertainment is a classic yeah, and croc. Then things go predictably long. Pete, what do you want to say here? Well, I like how it starts because it's like, you know, he you know, he he, he talks about that voice in his head and how much it means to him, you know. And I think that's nice. You know, sometimes you got to address those weird voices in your head and make sure that they are appreciated and loved, mm. you know. Uh yeah, and then it it does feel a little bit weird to see 
Exo Man of War like interacting with people, but I got past it pretty quick because it like still kept who the character was, which I appreciated. I like Exo Man of War a lot. I've always liked the character. It's such a fun, weird mashup of person from the past with um, high tech armor fighting um, high tech space uh, things in the future, in the present slash future. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's really fun. I like the fish out of water situation here. I want to know like what the actual relationships are that are going to be important in this comic. Feels like it's him and his um, onboard computer, him and this woman that he just met, and him and space in general. The ultimate and I also relationship. Really loved when he threw that uh, that bug. Uh, you know, the car uh, was VW bug was. Oh, great. VW bug. Are you falling asleep? What's going on right now, Pete? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very <definitely>. sleepy. <laughs> My brain sleepy, Pete. I, I know. Now that. that we're all working <laughs> from home, who has time sentence. to sleep? The one of us without children is like, God, I am exhausted. (laughs) I've played Animal Crossing all day. It's a tough life. Uh, Yeah, I I like this as well. I think this feels very sitcom-y to me in the right way, where it is just Exomatterer being like, how do I play this basketball? But uh, Dennis uh, Hallam uh, plays it very well and writes it very well. Uh, There's good action stuff in here as well. And I like the idea that he's not a very good hero, which they double down on a lot here that he keeps just taking action, but sometimes it's completely the wrong action. Yes. Always so take action. Yeah. Uh, next one to talk about from Marvel comics road to empire. I want to clarify this with a Y, not an I, the Cree scroll war. Number one from Marvel written by Robbie Thompson, art by Matt DeLulus, uh, Javier Rodriguez and Alvaro Lopez. This is picking up interestingly enough on the meet the scrolls comic yes. book that came out a while ago, about a bunch of scrolls who are undercover in the Marvel universe and it has them on the run recounting stories of the Kree and the Skrull leading in to this big empire storyline that's going to kick off pretty soon. Uh, I got to be honest, I've been very dubious about the empire storyline for a variety of reasons, but I still liked this book. I thought the art was good and I thought the stories were interesting. Is that because you didn't like the TV show? Uh, Empire? No, I I watched the crap out of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i also very happy that uh, this wasn't like Road to Empire Zero issue. It was the uh, number one issue, which I really appreciated. Uh, I think this really does <laughs> yeah. a great job of getting things set up for this. Uh, a lot of comic effect. book reviewers talk about the content of the issue, but on our show, we cover the numbering, the, <laughs> the most numbering. important part. Yeah. I like Some the people, fact that it was a number one issue because number one is number one in my book. <laughs> sometimes the zero issue feels like you shouldn't buy it. It doesn't count as an issue. It just feels like a flivorous bullshit thing. So the, I'm glad that they're like, no, this is important. It's a number one issue. It's not a zero issue, even though it's kind of before an event. So I'm happy that they're kind of standing behind their content instead of doing a half ass thing. Oh, my top ten favorite numbers? I'd say seven, four, six, <laughs> nine, eight, one, two, three, and then zero is number one. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so Peter, reverse I have a order. Question for you. I mean, uh, this isn't about the numbers, but this is called Road to Empire. Were you disappointed that uh, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope never showed up in it? Yeah, mm. Soup's disappointed. 
Soups. Soups, soups. Well, yeah. I think we've said enough about this issue. Uh, like, I like uh, oh, I like yes. this comic a lot. I, I thought Meet the Scrolls was a great uh, series, and I was really excited to see these characters pop up again. Really well written. Um, the art was great in this. I really got into some weird parts of the Marvel universe um, with all yeah. this Kree yeah. Scroll stuff with the like um, the different <laughs> battles, the plant people, all that stuff was happening. Yeah. I also liked how for like different parts they had different art styles, and I thought it really did well with the storytelling. Um, yeah, I was really impressed, and I like the plant people. I'm excited to see what happens. I also think it's inter- interesting that it's the the Cree Skrull War in the same way it was like the French and Indian War, whereas the French and Indians versus the British is going to be the Cree and the Skrull versus um, the Earth. <laughs> That's history. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah that's true uh wow i really hadn't thought about that before thank you for bringing you it hadn't up. thought about it but you gotta you gotta learn the history alex so you're destined to repeat native it. american dick yeah so you're saying if i don't learn about history i'm destined to repeat it uh, re, you're destined to repeat lepage it which is the most dangerous oh, thing yeah, to okay. do twice yeah yeah history don't and repeat we're in a boat together <laughs> and, anyway, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. Let's move on to Lazarus Risen, number four from Image Comics. This is written by Greg Rucka and art and cover by Michael Lark. Uh, yep. Justin, you like this book quite a bit, right? Yeah, Justin, I, this is your cup of tea, right? I love this comic. I've been reading this comic from uh, issue number one, and um, I imagine if you're reading this, you know that like there was a whole uh, series before this, and then they changed up the format. Uh, moved the book to quarterly and made it sort of a, a larger, uh, a nicer format, more pages, uh, interesting packaging, everything. Um, and it's great. Um, the premise nice is package. that nice package. It's in set in a, uh, a different, a slightly, uh, futuristic world where, uh, corporations have taken over. Uh, there are no more countries. It's just corporation, corporate sort of space. Um, they're members of the family, um, are the most powerful people then serfs and then everyone, everyone else is waste. Um, and each family has a warrior that is like, uh, genetically and, uh, biotech engineered to fight for their family. And we're following one family and one of those, um, uh, Lazarus or Lazari um, that are her story. And it's just, it's so good. It's so well thought out in the back matter. Greg Rucka gets into a lot of new stories that are actually putting us on the road to a lot of things that he used as source material here. So just so good. Uh, Pete, not to interrupt you, but Pete has a question. Yeah. Justin. Wait, um, I, I, have, I will take questions at the end. Pete, I'm at the end. What's your question? Okay, great. Uh, thank you for acknowledging that. Um, so in this book, uh, we see somebody kind of make a wish to their God, right? And then later it seems like they're acting out the wish, but their God has got like a haircut. Is it still the same God or is it a different God, even though the haircut's different? Yes. So the main yeah. character of the book is named Forever, and she. this book takes place over the course of many, many years. So it's actually jumping throughout the timeline of the book. Um, Forever is, has essentially become self-aware. She is this uh, unstoppable assassin. She has realized exactly what's going on with her. A little complicated to get into exactly what is going on with her. Uh, but over time, they have given her drugs that have allowed her to regain her own mind, gain feeling, etc. cetera. Uh, and as part of that, she got a little bit of a haircut. So she's not oh. actually a god. She is just a unstoppable soldier. Yeah, uh, but the mur- 
the army people call her a god. Right. The same way that army people are like very cultish about things. Oh, uh, Alex with that. Whoa, whoa. Alex, great answer, but that was my fucking question. So I can't ah, believe thank you. <laughs> Sorry, do you want to take it? Uh, do you wanna, no, that was, that because... was a great answer. Um, I, Pete, when someone you know gets a haircut, are you like, hey, hey, what the fuck happened to you? Well, it's, it's hard because the artist draws females a little too similar for me. To, it's a little bit tough, oh, so I just okay. wanted to make Here sure. we go. Here we go with the misogyny. You can't tell oh. women apart. Oh, well, um, don't you fucking... Actually, I guess that's not misogyny. Yeah. Right, well, whatever. It's really uh, just anyway, bad this... eyesight. <laughs> it's just bad eyesight. Yeah, I gotta get my glasses checked out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, great book. Pick it up. Next one from DC Comics, The Last God, number six, created and written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and art by Ricardo Federici. This takes place in a fantasy world that's being beset by something called the Flowering Dead. They are unstoppable monsters that are destroying the world. A group of adventurers have headed off to stop them. Meanwhile, we were finding out what happened 30 years earlier, the first time they were supposed to stop them, but didn't exactly do it. Man, I know I say this every single issue, but the designs in this book are so cool and so good. And the fantasy world building is amazing. Just incredible. It's so well thought out. And we we had him on the show um, to talk about this and his enthusiasm for this book and the time he's put in is just so um, obvious and palpable when you read it. And it's just great. I love the format. I love the characters. It's really well done. Pete? Yeah, I mean... I, I just kind of, uh, I think it's great. I think it's amazing. It's Pete's just, like, I could do better. No, 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 no. I just, uh, I'm frustrated because um, of all the DC books that we got to talk about, like you, you picked what seemed like the most random DC books that came out this week. And like, uh, it's just insane Pete. to me that the, of the DC Yo. books, you we didn't talk about Wonder Woman, we didn't talk what about all the main stuff, Flash, all that stuff. You picked Last Gods, uh, Heads in a Duffel Bag, and some other random shit. And I'm going, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, so it was hard to get past that chip to enjoy the books. I don't want to pull back art- the curtain too much, but you already like took the curtain threw it into a wood chipper and then dumped it in an alley behind the bakery shop or whatever. We text constantly and email constantly. And I'm like, Hey, here's some titles (laughs) at no point. Did you bring up that you wanted to talk about anything else until we were taping this podcast? (laughs) Say it anytime earlier, anytime. This is the point when it's too late. Pete. But Pete, also, like, when you get a birthday present, are you like, this is great, but, like, fuck, there are so many other presents out there? That, like, did you even think <laughs> yeah, of those presents? Like, How come we're not, not opening a so gift to those presents? better presents to get to this present. Yeah. yeah. Did you like um, this? Yeah, I mean, the art's amazing. It's a great kind of storytelling. <laughs> but so you was, did like you it. Know, yeah, I liked it. I very much liked it. But I also just wanted to talk about my frustration a little bit. And oh, great. Pete, Thank if you, you can't be up. with the one you love, you have to love the one you're with. And that yeah. applies to this right now. Pete, uh, all right, before we move on to the next comic book, Pete, when we're doing the live show, could you log out a little bit earlier? I, we're doing an error in grievances, right? Oh, oh great, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my bad, man. I'm, uh, you know. Guys, let's not open this door. I know we've been um, quarantined for a while, but this is dangerous territory. <laughs> 
All right. From Boom Studios, watching future number seven, written by Kieran Gillen, illustrated by Dan Mora. Uh, Pete, uh, were there any other Boom Studios books you wanted us to talk about instead? This, I want to talk about this book all the fucking time, every issue. This book is so creative, so fucking funny, so great. The art's unbelievable, unbelievable storytelling. I fucking love every single issue of this book. And the grandma is just the most badass person. Unbelievable. I love the way she talks about her son. Just fucking old school, tough love. It's just great. This book is always making just the right moves. Uh, Yeah, we can explain what it is. Uh, It's probably a good idea. Um, (laughs) It's uh, King Arthur has been resurrected. The king is undead, as the promo line goes. And he's not uh, nice. He's not a hero. Um, It's so smartly written by uh, Kieran Gillen, where um, King Arthur, whose whole thing was like, I have to protect... um, England from like literally anybody. So of course everyone is his enemy. So he's out to kill. Um, we're bringing in a bunch of other, um, Arthurian people, Galahad. Our hero is a descendant, um, in, of the Arthurian legends as well. The grandmother is his grandmother and a woman he was on a date with has been pulled into the action as well. This book just hits all the right notes. Uh, it's so great. And it, this is so tailor made to be a TV show. The reveal at the oh end of the, of the yeah, book. What a great so reveal. Smart. Well, it's so nerdy in the right way, too, where it hits those things. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that from literature. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> you know action what? hero nerdy. Exactly. Uh, it's it's great. Uh, even if you've never picked it up before, this is the start of a new arc. You can jump right in here. There's new action coming, new villains. Uh, super, super fun. Definitely highly recommend this. It's like and the Fast art and the Furious. The art is amazing. It's like Fast and the Furious meets Arthurian legend. Yeah. Well, that's Fast and the Furious. Say like Seven, too fast or too furious. Yeah, they form their own round table, uh, <laughs> but it's more of a rectangular table in the backyard where they have barbecues. And they talk about family. And yeah. during Coronas. During oh, Coronas. no. Oh, yeah. Don't bring that up. Pete. Hellions number one for Marvel Comics, written by Zeb Wells and art by Steven Segovia. Uh, this is a crazy team up book. Yes. Uh, basically, this is a bunch of, uh, I don't even know what to call them, X-Men characters. Like, it's kind of villains, kind of Z-list characters, kind of... Uh, it's yeah, misfits. That's a good way of putting it. You basically you have Daddy and Orphan Maker, which are some of my favorite weird villains from so X Men. Yeah, uh, you have uh, one of the Hellions, Empath, who has always been a very rapey dick. Honestly, uh, yeah. you have Havoc, who has some stuff going on with him. Psylocke is kind of their handler, along with uh, Mister Sinister, and they're putting a team together. And the purpose seems to be like. Let's send them into places where they're probably going to die is well, essentially what it is. In a world where we have like uh, Krakoa, they have your, your team, the Marauders that they're, they go out and like slightly break the law. Then there's like, well, and then we can set an X-Force and they like fully break the law and they're allowed to like kill people, which no one else is allowed to. And then you have this team where it's like they go if you're like, fuck, blow it up. It's like, let it all go. <laughs> this is like the panic, panic. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the action movie analog to this is, because it's definitely out there. It's almost like the replacements, the football movie or something like that. Yeah, Or it's Suicide Squad. It's Suicide yeah. Squad, but for the yeah. X-Men, kind of. Uh, particularly because their whole thing is like, we're not going to kill mutants. We're not going to kill humans or anything like that. So what do we do with these characters 
who are so far gone, we can't rehabilitate them. We're not going to mind wipe them or anything. What do we do instead? And ultimately, the reveal is another like deep continuity X-Men villain that's showing yeah. up at the end. It's going to be totally messed up going forward. And I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. And Zeb Wells is the perfect writer to be working on this because he's written such good bonkers stuff like this before. And it's yeah. also just nice to see Scott uh, Summers in a panic uh, and, uh, you know, being like, oh, yeah, your perfect island maybe isn't so perfect because you got to it's a shit show of people running this thing and you're making awful decisions. Uh, yeah, I mean, wow. Sorry. Should we move on from the place where you agreed with Cyclops or do you want to stay on that? For ooh, a moment, I did not say I agreed with Cyclops. I said it showcased what a douche he is. Oh, yeah, but you agree is... with his choices. Right. No, I I agree with the fact that this council is making horrible decisions and this whole thing is completely fucked up. Um, but yeah, that's is, what Cyclops is saying. So you agree with him. Oh, my God. Cyclops. I guess you wa- could say Cyclops was right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. Oh, I really don't want this to uh, go live because I'm going to take a lot of heat for it. I just think that. It's ridiculous that, you know, there's a group of people just kind of deciding shit at whim and Sinister is like in charge of it and kind of coming up with the great plan. And it makes me angry. Um, he's, he's very sassy about it, though. And it's yeah, fun. he's very fun. Oh, I like so him. That makes it OK. The sass makes it, it OK. I loved Empath in this. I love the positioning of him as like a true monster who uh, and yeah. sort of rewriting how he became who he is. I thought it was a cool text bit in the middle. Uh, Wild Child is uh, very cool in this. Psylocke as the reluctant person. Havoc's weird, though, because Havoc's continuity is that he had his brain rewritten during a Marvel event to be a villain. And he was one of the few people who didn't come out of it. He still has those villain tendencies. And the fact that they've sort of had to honor that continuity is always weird. Because that was one of those events that, like, people never really dug into. Right. Well, it's also, it feels like one of those things where they're already rebooting people into their best bodies possible. That seems like that would be an easy thing to fix with Havoc, but I guess not. Wasn't that also, that was one of those events that I read, like, 25% of. Was that caused by Apocalypse? Because that seems to be kind of brushed over this issue a little bit, if so. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Because I think it was a non-X-Men Marvel event. I don't think okay. it was. Uh, I think it was a line-wide It was a event. Rick Remender thing, right? Yeah. 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 It was where everybody, like, got twisted. I think it was spinning out of Uncanny Avengers, I want to say. Mm, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I also anyway, like... Oh, I was also I really like the villain reveal at the end of this. I think this is going to be an interesting series. I'm excited for more. <laughs> Moving on to IDW, you're a weird dude, Pete. Uh, yeah. Dying is easy. Number four, written by Joe Hill and art by Martin Simmons. Uh, this is a shit talk Holmes mystery. Uh, The shit talking detective Uh, This is the fourth issue here I gotta be honest This is the first one That I've jumped into I haven't really been um, Keeping up with this But I like this I thought this was a good mystery And it was twisty And well set up And Joe Hill as usual Good writer 
Yeah, I like this a lot. I mean, the premise of a stand-up comedian uh, detective I thought was fun. And the uh, crayon drawing in the, sort of the beginning of the book of things my dad likes, I was like, fuck, that's basically what I like, too. Um, wow. So I was really on board with that. Um, yeah, really fun. I'm curious to see if this is the first issue I've read, but I kept up with it and thought it was great. Pete? Do, do you agree with the order? It goes beer, his cats, everyone laughing at him, David Letterman, and then the kids are last. Do you feel like you connect to that? I don't think it's a, in order. I think it's just a grouping of things that he likes. Right. Those are five things he liked. Not, uh, it's not a ranking. It it's not seemed a, like it's a, not a David Letterman feel- top ten countdown. It felt yeah. like the kid was taking a shot at his dad. Uh, a little bit number there. five, kids. Uh, <laughs> number number four, <laughs> me. <laughs> David Letterman. Wow, that's uh, anyway, kind of the best uh, impression you've ever done. Thank you very much. I've been working on it for far too long. Okay, Abathus number two from DC Comics Story and Art by Amy Reader. This is, of course, picking up on the first issue. Uh, Amethyst has come back to the gem world and find out found out that everybody hates her people. They're all missing. Nobody likes her anymore. She's hooked up with a girl who has a giant worm friend, uh, and they are trying to find her missing people, but nobody is being helpful. I now, uh, Pete, enjoy- this is your pick. What did you think of this? My pick? No, this is Pete's oh. pick, I believe. Pete picked all the DC books, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, You know, I really love the art. Um I think it was like a good storytelling, like setting this up of like this uh, girl is kind of like forced into like she she doesn't know what happened to her family. So she's trying to kind of piece things together. I I felt like this was the storytelling really kept me involved in this. It's like I could have easily glazed over this and been like, meh. But I feel like the storytelling was so good. It really kept me involved. And then by the end of it, I was excited to see what's going to happen. Alex, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, no, just I am surprised how much I like this book. I think a lot of it is down to Amy Reader's characterizations and also her art are great throughout. Uh, This is just a fun all ages book. uh, And there's a good twist at the end. I've never really been into the gem world stuff, but I think she is hitting it in exactly the right way with exactly the right tone. Very enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. I love um, the her mom gave her a book on gemology, basically, which she was like, this is stupid. But then it, it serves such a purpose in the story, like just bringing in a lot of smaller elements uh, to make a great story. Really? Yeah. Fun. Yeah, really. I thought I was going to hate it, but it really uh, won me over. Cool. Big gem Next guy. One. Uh, next one to talk about from Archie Comics, Super Duck number one, story by Frank Thierry and Ian Flynn, and art by Ryan Jampol. Uh, this is this is fun. There we this go. Here's uh, very... favorite right here. I don't know. I mean, no, this was maybe. Yeah. I, I don't want to say this is necessarily my favorite issue of the week, but this is just exactly. Just give it to him. Give it to Frank. Give it to Frank. Yeah, I, it's great. It's great. It's very dumb in exactly the right way. It's just him leading into bits. He developed this voice very well, not just over lots of comics, but uh, specifically, I think it chattels Harley Quinn, but via Superman, it works in a bunch like it's not specifically the DuckTales comic books, but it's certainly hitting a lot of that stuff as well. And it's just this super duck character who's getting in a fight. It sets up the premise at the end is going to be very different from there going forward. But again, it's just all leading into bits. But the 
density of the bits throughout means that some don't work, but some really do hit, and that's great. Uh, I just had a fun time. Yeah, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, sometimes if you lean too hard on the comedy, the story stops to move forward. But I liked how, like, during the fights, there were, like, little bits and stuff that was going on. Yeah, I think this is really creative and done well. I mean, sometimes... When you're it's supposed to be funny, it doesn't work in comics. But I, I really appreciated the way you kind of like right off the bat knew this character, knew what was going on, and kind of dove right in. I really enjoyed this more than I thought I wa- uh, was going to enjoy. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, it was it was fun. It was like it was like teenage Ducktales. Yeah, like Ducktales that it's, that fucks around yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's super fun. Uh, definitely, if you're looking for something that you just got to like check, uh, chill out and enjoy, that's a good one to check out. Let's move to another X-Men comic book, Giant Size X-Men Nightcrawler number one from Marvel Comics, written by Jonathan Hickman and art by none other than Alan Davis. That's awesome. Yeah. I was so excited about that. I love Alan Davis so much. It, I was only bummed that it was only sub- of the Excalibur characters, which is the thing that, like, I identify with the most. Uh, but it's Nightcrawler and a team of random X-Men heading back to the X-Mansion to investigate a mutant signature that they've detected that has not come through the gate to Krakoa. Um, the interesting thing about these giant-sized X-Men books is neither of them really focus on the subject that they're supposed to be about. Yes, but which... Is fine, but a little odd. Yes. I find it a little like, oh, I wanted that. Yeah, these are more like an annual kind of uh, thing where it's like kind of in the world, but more of a one-shot kind of deal. I mean, Zalves, you had to love this. You had your favorite character in here. It's kind of saving the day. Uh, Yeah. I did. I did love it. Yeah, I bet you did. Um, I like this. It was one of those things. Do you know what? If you betted on it, you'd be correct because I did. It did. I, Easiest I won money in town. Money on it. Yeah, it was. It was great. I, I just. I think Wesley Snipes said famously, "Always bet on cipher." <laughs> um, but I also liked how it started off with you know classic. We're fighting, and then kind of. It was interesting to see Cipher kind of like save the day by talking to things. So uh, it was. It was cool. I, that's that's literally all he can do is yeah. talk As he to does. things. As he does, it's great. What a hero. It's rare to see a um, cypher uh, save the day. I mean, I did, uh, and I'm curious to hear what you think, Justin, but even the cypher of it all aside and the reveal of the other character aside, which I thought was great for the overall mysteries of what's going on in X-Men, I'm not going to spoil it here, um, but I I thought this was a really good very classic, very simple X-Men story. I like where it ended up. Um, I love Alan Davis's art so much. Uh, and it's funny. We've talked a lot about how Jonathan Hickman and the main X-Men title, it seems very cold and clinical. I didn't feel that at all here. Like there's a no. warmth going on. And I don't know if it's Davis's art that brings about, but just everybody's character feels so much more charming and so much more friendly. I, I enjoy this issue a lot. 
Well, I think Hickman loves to tell story. He wants to, like a lot of writers for big properties like the X-Men, you want to sort of write in every era of the X-Men or Spider-Man or whatever. And so this feels like a, a story from like the 80s, uh, like like a, a story that Alan Davis would have drawn where it's like uh, a random mix of X-Men. They're solving a, a mystery and it gets into some weird uh, continuity characters and then you get a reveal that carries on into the continuity. I love that the X-Mansion has been totally abandoned and really gone wild with the plants um and this was a fun story that not to get back on the complaining about the the name of the issue but night the the two giant size books have been nightcrawler this one uh, which is this one and the uh, white queen and jean gray which there's so many interesting stories to like the number one story nightcrawler's founding the krakoan religion like I was like, oh great, this issue is going to be about some cool aspect of that. Not at all. Uh, Jean Grey and White Queen, they have a crazy relationship because of Cyclops. It doesn't touch on that at all. And I'm just craving those big stories in this world. I agree. I'm not quite sure about the nomenclature here. I feel like just calling it Giant Size X Men number one, Giant Size X Men number two would make a little more sense, maybe. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, as is, it's still a good story worth picking up. Moving on, On the Stump, number two from Image Comics, written by Chuck Brown and art by Prenzi. This book is bonkers. We reviewed the first issue of it. It is about a semi-futuristic world. I think it might even take place now, yeah. uh, where all politicians are murderous wrestling superstars, and there's a whole conspiracy going on to get legislature passed. And it's just brutal, just the entire yeah. time. Nonstop brutal. Pete, you're giving a little devil horns. What was your take on this? Uh, you love this. Yeah, I really love this issue. Uh, the first one, uh, it was kind of like a what's going on here a little bit, but this really kind of like nailed these down, set things up for how things move forward. I really loved it. I thought the action and the art is amazing. Some great storytelling. I, I just think this is a, a kind of fun take on a fucked up world, and uh, I liked it. I really did. Uh, I like this world a lot. I think it's really smartly laid out. We get into um, the uh, Congress and I think the executive branch, mm -hmm. how um, the people in the executive branch used to be in Congress, so they also had to fight their way yeah. Um, yeah. through uh, to get their their job. Um, it's such a good premise um, that these issues are so much going on that I really want to slow down and like really lay out the world. The way we were talking about um, Once in Future um, has such a clean feel to it. Like, I want more of that here, where it's just like, here's the premise, let's just, like, move through it without getting into a ton of crazy side stories, and just, like, deal with the idea of a government where everyone fights WWE-style except with death. I tell you, and it also makes yeah. me really want to eat Skittles. Wait, what? Yes. There was one panel where someone had that Skittles. That wasn't one panel, oh, there was right. a bunch yeah. of panels. Yeah, that's great. Skittles are one of the worst candies, but we'll move oh, on. Fuck you. Okay, so wow. Don't, Alex, don't taste don't the rainbow. Just say something crazy yeah, no, and then try to walk away from I don't it. Like it. How dare you? How could you not like their ad campaign where um, the Skittles, the candy you put in your mouth, was a rash on a person? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you like picking yeah. off of them? That's yeah. true. Like a scab, like a fruity scab. Yeah. Did you have the yogurt Skittles? Did you try those? No, at all? that sounds disgusting. I don't try candy because I'm a grown up. <laughs> oh, okay. I tried that. You that never have had candy? <laughs> I've had candy, but I don't go out and be like, let me try some candy. I'm a Willy Wonka. I'm a whimsical Willy Wait, Wonka are you figure. Serious? Like, I'll have a Chardonnay instead. No thanks. You don't buy candy? Yes, I try onions. 
<laughs> Adult candy is wild. Oh, man. All right. Uh, basketball <laughs> Pants number you? six from DC Comics. Also, also written by Joe Hill uh, and art by Leo Max. This is continuing a storyline where a uh, girl comes to visit her boyfriend on uh, his island where he is interning, I guess, as a police officer. Uh, yep. Or... Uh, assistancing or something like that. A bunch of cons attack. There's been some twists and turns and she has discovered an ax that seems to chop people's heads off, but keeps the heads adamant and is throwing them in a basket. Uh, It all part of the pun comes to a head. This issue. Uh, This is great. This is pulpy. I love this book. This is pulpy in exactly the right way. So good. I just love the main character so much. She's so good. She's like action hero and, uh, meets damsel in distress in a, in a great way. Like she's lopping off heads, but she's like constantly in horrible situations. Like it's just really smart. She, she's such head. a badass man, you know, cutting off your own thumbs to fucking take yeah. care of business. So you can lop off more heads. This is great. Oh. Uh, I can't wait to cut my thumbs. off. Oh man. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> These fucking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't let them get in the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's got no Who's got no thumbs and loves cutting off thumbs? <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I can't tell. I can't tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, but we're not, we're not yeah, I think the art's up. phenomenal. This is really great storytelling. It's ramping up in this issue. This is getting real exciting. I'm loving it. Yeah. Ba da ba ba ba. Let's move on to the dynamite <laughs> comic book Killing Reds. Oh, sorry, I skipped by one. IDW Judge Dread False Witness Number One Story by Brandon Easton and art by Key Zama. Uh, I got to tell you, I wasn't quite sure what this book was going for at first, but once it started to come together, I liked the plot quite a bit. And what it is is we're seeing. Uh, a dude who is a regular seeming dude jumping his way and running an errand through Mega City One. Judge Dredd is trying to take him down. But by the end, we get the sense that he has been sucked into a situation where he eventually is going to have to give evidence to Judge Dredd and work with him. And that's great. Like, I like that setup quite a bit. I agree. Like, the, the once we got into the sort of the underlying premise that they're playing out here. I thought it was great. The last like five pages I thought was cool. Judge Dredd is one of those things that I can't ever get past the movie adaptation. I hear Rob Schneider oh, in wow. my head when I see oh, Judge no. Dredd. Oh, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Uh, Dredd is very good. No, I know. I know. I'm so sorry. But do you remember the other one? Because that's the <laughs> one that I heard too many times. I try not to. I it's try a, not to remember it. I, I, Wasn't he I, a me monkey too. man or something? I don't know. Let's let's, let's not like get into it. I'm trying to forget Stallone. it. I am the law. Yeah, man. I am the law. Yeah, the Stallone wasn't good either, but then I always remember the Rob Schneider impression of Sylvester yeah. Stallone that he does in the trailer, and it just fuck. Wow. Oh. Yeah, I agree. It was Terrible. a little, Pete, yeah, it was a little kind this? of crazy in the beginning, and then it's like also there were like Judge Dredd characters that were like part Transformer, part... Judge Dredd, which I was like, what's going on? But as this thing kind of got going, then I really got into it, and I, I thought it ended really well, so it got me excited for more from the series. All right, very cool. Let's move on to Killing Red Sonia, number one from Dynamite, written by Mark Russell and Bryce Ingman, illustrated by Craig Rousseau. Um, the premise of this book, which is kind of fascinating, as you could probably figure out for the title, is that it's about somebody who is trying to kill 
right? It's Sonia. It's sort of a villain ah. origin story in a way. Uh, and it's written by Mark Russell, who's one of uh, the favorites of the show here. What'd you guys think about this one? I really, okay. Um, I really wanted it to get to Red Sonia. Um, so I'm looking forward to when that comes. Um, I like, uh, some of the fun, Mark Russell, I expected a little bit more like irreverence, um, and yeah. didn't quite get that here. Um, but maybe we're building up to it. There's a little bit here and there. I felt like they had to lay down a lot of, um, exposition to get to where we're going, but, um, I, I trust him as a writer. And so I'm curious. Yeah, to see I really love the art. Uh, yeah, I, I really love the, uh, talking bore. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of uh, kind of fun stuff, but yeah, the story kind of trudged a little bit in places. But I was just wondering, as parents, when you guys leave for the morning, is that what you say to your kids every day? Like, listen, if I don't come back, you should avenge me? Uh, yeah, yeah constantly. Even if I just leave the room, <laughs> as I am wont to do often very now, nowadays, I just say, hey, avenge me. Just, yeah. you know, if anything happens. Don't you uh, want to be avenged, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. That's the main yeah, reason I, know, I have but kids. I, you know, it's just a lot to put on your. Avengers. That's a lot to put on your child, you know. Because I would really mean that. Uh, Craig Russo. Craig Russo is great. He did a book called Perhapenots, yeah. uh, which is awesome. Yes, uh, I love that. And book. I love his stuff in there. So that's very good for out. It's very painted. A sort of almost watercolor style that he does throughout the book. I agree with you about the irreverence. I like the last couple of pages. It started to warm yeah. up for me when it brought in more fantasy elements. Um, so I'm curious to read a second issue, even though this didn't quite spark with me in the right way. Last one we're going to talk about from Image Comics there 6, Criminals number 28 by Matt Fraction and Jip Sadarsky. What is your deal, Pete? This is a good sure, book. And this sure. was a very good issue. Sure, this sure, very sure, good book. Sure. A lot of explanation coming out um, finally with this book, a book that even by um, the author's, uh, the creator's own admission is like, wait, what are we talking about anymore? Because it was right. one of those, uh, it was one of those books where they, they were like, this is a fun premise. And then it got into just so much other stuff. Like, I feel like Matt Fraction um, in the last couple of years as a writer has really let himself get into stuff that he lets the writing lead him as opposed to. Uh, coming at a story or a premise with a strong take. And that's really interesting. And I feel like this is one where they're really landing all of the things they set up. And it's, it's I cool. disagree. Uh, yeah, I, you disagree. Uh, what do you dis- on what ground? Because uh, I don't give a shit about some evil fucking guy who's like torturing people for sex so he can like travel, travel in time. Fuck that dude. Murder him. Let's move on. Like this fucking bullshit. That sounds very interesting. What you just said. That's an interesting idea. I I will say it is bonkers, though, to your point. They even talk about this in the back matter a little bit, that 28 issues in, they're like, and here's what's going on with the villain, which seems like the sort of thing you would want to introduce in the third or fourth issue, but they just eventually got around to it. Uh, But this gives so much explanation. The story is so good. It's so dark and so sad and twisted throughout. I... This issue in particular made me very excited to go back and read the entire run of Sex Criminals when it's eventually done, uh, because it's the sort of thing that, I mean, I don't know if it'll quite hold together, but it may, and it'll certainly be a very interesting thing to read as a story once you know the end point that they eventually uh, reached and how that links back to the point where they started. 
Uh, it's crazy. Very, I mean, if you guys want to talk about how artistic yeah. or whatever it is, but it's just a dude jizz in a machine. Like, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, what are we all? What are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> that right doing? now, oh, wow. just off yeah. camera. What are yeah, podcasts? What I like about this is it's very rare in a book to see them sort of create uh, the villain. At the same time, you're giving the exposition for the series and also setting up the downfall of the villain. Uh, to do that all at once is wild. Yeah. Uh, I think this is great, regardless of what Pete is saying. Definitely pick this up, particularly Don't. if you're a fan of the book. And that is it. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we don't currently do a live show every Tuesday at 7 p.m., but we are doing it to the Internet. Which it's is live, live Alex. It's live. Oh, it it's is live. I would argue it's even more Wait, live because it's live streamed. <laughs> it's even more yes. live. Uh, so we're doing that on two platforms, on uh, Crowdcast and YouTube. We're doing the live show Tuesday night at 7 p.m. You can join us. You can ask questions there. We're giving away a gift card. That is Woo-hoo! 25 bucks to Midtown Comics. At least 25. 25 bucks. Uh, so definitely check that out. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. If you want to subscribe, particularly on iTunes, leave us a comment. Those help us out quite a bit. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And you know what? We'll see you at the digital comic book Ooh. shop. Ooh, I love how you landed on that, Alex. Man from the future. Comic book.